Is your app slow? Are releases a pain that produce bugs or even downtime? Are AWS, Docker, Kubernetes, and CI, CD just words thrown around by techies for you? Today, we will explain DevOps and current server setups and how to ensure smooth releases and scalability of your application. Today's guest is Alex Becker, founder of Pioneer.io, a SaaS tool which helps prioritize custom requests. He's a DevOps specialist by trade and will walk us through DevOps for web software. Welcome back to the Product Stories Podcast, hosted by Victor Peralnik. This podcast helps founders like yourself to find leaner ways to build successful SaaS products. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Victor. Happy to be on your show today. Yes, 100%. Um, you're an engineer, obviously, you're a software developer. How did you find your way around DevOps? Why is that so interesting for you? So getting into DevOps was a quite natural consequence on my path of growing as a software developer. I started to develop software about 12 years ago, and I wanted to get more professional. So I started to study business informatics and worked in a startup at the same time. Business informatics was great because it emphasized on how to build complex and scalable IT systems that solve business problems. And I was happy to experience at the same time how to do it with a real-world application. So I was working on um, a cloud platform and concepted, developed, and operated web applications and web services. And I came in touch with DevOps practices when one company I was working at started to grow. We got more users, got more developers, more features we wanted to do or needed to do. And we somehow felt that the way we were doing it until then takes too much involvement, that we spent too much time on releases and uh, spent too much time for testing. We asked ourselves if we can somehow innovate faster, if we can free up our developers from spending significant amount of their time on maintenance so that they can spend more time on development again. And we thought that we need to stabilize some areas of our software system. And that's when we started to heavily employ DevOps practices. And that's how I got in touch with them. And that's what made them standard for every application or software system I'm trying to work on. Nice. And uh, I think that story literally is a story of, of many, if not most startups, right? You do things, you start with like, one developer, you add features, uh, your customer base is growing, you have a, a certain code base that is a bit aged by now, and you start hiring a few more developers. And by that time, things start getting complicated. Should people invest in, in DevOps very early or really just wait until things break? I think if you are starting new, then... DevOps is overlapping greatly with most of the things that you would do anyway when you start to build a new software system. And you will always go to build something in the most cost efficient and in the way of the least resistance. So some things you should do anyway, but you should also be clear why it's important. For example, if you are a startup, there are two things that startups care a lot about. It's money and speed. So you usually have a limited amount of money and you want to navigate fast. 
also you want to navigate fast again because you have limited money. And DevOps can optimize money and speed, so it's a perfect tool. And DevOps practices are usually a low effort to start when it's with a new system. So it's something that in practice can mean that you need less developers to build a software system. And you could build a software system with three developers maybe instead of five, where in the situation where you don't use DevOps practices, developers are maybe busy with maintenance work or something else. Exactly. And uh, we've kind of skipped that part, but let's define, since since this is what it's all about, let's define DevOps for our listeners right now. What What is DevOps? What What does a DevOps engineer do? When people speak about DevOps, they usually refer to a set of practices that link the development and the operation of IT services very closely together by heavily relying on automation and on formalization. Formalization means that you have maybe your infrastructure or the configuration of your production environment written somewhere as a piece of code or configuration and can easily scale and change that. And DevOps um, touches a few areas like your development, like automated testing, automated releasing. And it's not a fixed framework. It's just a collection of practices that you use. It's a mindset that people have. As soon as you kind of understand the goals behind DevOps, then you start to understand what practices are at the core of it and what you can use to do DevOps and what a DevOps engineer does. So simply said, I have a developer, they write code, it's running, it's famous words, it works on my machine, right? I have it locally, everything is working, but how do I get it into the cloud now? How do I deploy it, right? And there's obviously the, the manual ways, uh, depending on what platform one uses, uh, whether it's like a even git push or, or or something like that and then git pull on another side and and running certain services and setting up instances of servers that's something that an engineer can do manually but the goal here is to really understand what am i doing with each release and we all want to release early and often right this next startup paradigm and to automate that correct Yes, you want to automate that and you want to free the time of your developer. At the same time, you don't want to depend on the knowledge of someone. So when your team grows and you onboard more developers, you don't want to have everyone know how to release something because doing it manually also, as you said, can um, make things complicated. It can break your production system. So the goal of a DevOps engineer would usually be to set up your system in a way that the developer can just make a code change and then forget about how this code change gets to production. Because what's what's usually a part of that? You said there's also automated testing. There's uh, probably some other things like um, checking code quality. There's a few applications that do that, right? What's usually involved here to make sure we have a high quality code base that's that's getting deployed so usually you would have something like a deployment pipeline and try to have like a flow a continuous delivery that does all those steps for you so therefore you would need some tooling that can execute that pipeline and you would also need some infrastructure that is capable of 
releasing your service of taking your piece of code or taking your compiled artifact and execute it in the cloud environment. And what tools do people usually use? What's what's very common? Usually the starting point is that you have your code in a source code system, for example, Git. And that versioning system can be the base where another tool can pull something from. You would go, for example, to an online service like uh, GitHub or Bitbucket. There are a lot of popular services where you can mirror your code, where your developers can push and pull the code that place that synchronizes everything. And those tools usually have means where you can set up pipelines. For example, we have GitHub Actions or in Bitbucket, they have their pipeline system where you can configure what steps the pipeline should do. And then you can plug in specific tools or plug in specific technology depending um, applications that run tests against your application and it will then happen online in the cloud. There are also ways that you can set it up on your own servers. There are something like Jenkins that you can install locally, but usually when you start new and want to have as little overhead as possible, you will go for an online solution. And typically the big cloud providers also have something in place that can make all those steps for you. Which one is easiest to, to start with or implement in your opinion? It depends a bit on the technology that you choose. If you have a quite simple application in a popular language, today many cloud providers already allow you to just push your code or connect your repository and the cloud provider automatically has a pipeline that understands which language you are using and can automatically provide your application into production environment and you just release. And this is a way in which you don't even need to write the deployment pipeline anymore. You just need to write your tests, configure, and set a flag that your tests are executed, and that's it. If you don't do it like that and do it manually, then one popular way would to do it in GitHub Actions, for example, or in Bitbucket pipelines. Is there a platform that, that you recommend, for example, for a small SaaS written in node or something like that sorry for for node i don't know a platform i know that there are many platforms out for node and for react for example like versal i know that for maybe also heroku can run them and i know that the google cloud platform supports to run those but there are plenty of them available right mm -hmm. now Perfect, perfect. And then how does Docker play into this entire framework, which is also a very popular tool to use, uh, same as Kubernetes? Where do these, these fit in? So uh, Docker is something you should also consider to use when you start to write a new application. Docker is something that allows you to configure in your code what the runtime environment of the application is. For example, what web server this application uses and then you can just push your docker container to any cloud provider or any own server that understands docker and the cloud provider will take care of providing the appropriate environment and this is really great because each application can tell itself what it needs and it makes you super flexible because you can all the time change the contents of your application and what it needs to run. And also you are quite independent of a cloud provider. So 
Docker is a kind of virtualization that removes, that abstracts from the cloud provider and the environment where the application is running itself. Mm -hmm. So it's like a description, hey, in order to run, I need this kind of server with this parameters, with uh, the software installed on, and any cloud provider that I choose, please just build this for me, in a way. Exactly. You can specify what you need in there, and it's super fast because Docker is built in a way that it's super lightweight as compared to traditional virtualization. It takes literally seconds to start up a new Docker container. That's why developers love to use it. They can also use it locally. And the way how Docker is, it really helps you to set up your complete environment in any new place. For example, if you have tests that need to spin up your environment and try a few functions out, you can easily do it without having the overhead of setting up all those things again that your application needs. And where does Kubernetes fit into all of this? So as we said, Docker is the thing where the application describes what itself it needs, and then Docker can run an instance of your application. But typically, you don't have one instance, but you want to serve a large uh, customer base. You want to have redundancy so that your service has multiple instances, so that if one instance of your service malfunctions, another one can step in. And Kubernetes is management software that can do those things for you. So Kubernetes is something where, as a developer, I can just say, hey, here is my service. It's written in a Docker container, and then you push it to your Kubernetes cluster, and Kubernetes will take care of scale it the way you want it. You just configure, I want it to be scaled. I want that when the service runs out of capacity, out of memory, I want to add more instances. And Kubernetes will do that, and you don't need to reinvent or write algorithms that scale your service for you. It um, can also be seen as a logical unit that combines a lot of servers and memory and CPU for you, and you just push your application to, to that, and they run, and Kubernetes doesn't care what your application does internally. It just makes sure to do all the DevOps things for you. Mm, very nice. And so we're we're touching on scalability right now. Uh, generally, what is necessary to be able to scale an application? It, it's becoming slow, right? Do I go to AWS and and add another instance, or what? What else is do I need to do? So your application needs to be written in a way that it is scalable. For example, it should be stateless. It means one instance of your application isn't allowed to have any data inside in its memory that another instance doesn't know about because then your user would get an unknown state. So this is if we speak about um, horizontal, scale horizontal scalability when you add multiple instances of your service. Uh, there are different ways of scale something. If you have an application, you could also like increase the strength of your application by giving it more CPU or more memory, but this is usually not a way that allows to gracefully increase the capacity of your whole application. That's why you go for this horizontal scalability where you add instances. So you need your applications to be stateless. And since you don't want to do this process manually, because you don't know when you want to scale, because it depends on dynamics of how often your service is used, 
you want it to be automatically. And it also requires your application to allow itself to be started at any time and to be shut down at any time. And to be started at any time can mean your application also needs to communicate to the cloud environment. Hey, I'm ready to take new traffic. I'm ready to um, serve customer requests. And therefore, you need to consider that inside of your implementation, which is usually not a difficult thing to do, but you need to have that. And if you want to start to scale, it depends on your base situation. If you already have servers in an environment, you might want to employ a mechanism in AWS, for example. They have auto-scaling options where you can implement something that automatically adds new servers. If you don't scale at all yet, you could think of employing something as Kubernetes or employing some kind of service in AWS or in another provider that takes care of the scaling where you just push your application to. That makes a lot of sense. And is any any application just scalable out of the box or should I also take a look at the code? You need to take a look of what your application is doing. Um, most applications will be scalable, but there are specific cases. For example, if your application writes data to some storage, then you need to make sure that the storage can be written from different sources at the same time. If your application has algorithms that, for example, process a lot of data or import data and you just add additional instances, you might not win any speed or you might not make your application to be faster because your algorithms are still the same and might sequentially import some data and may even do the work redundant. So you need to make sure that your application somehow can split up or partition the data, for example, by client or by region or by some specific mechanism. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, what role do databases play in, in, in scalability? One typical bottleneck you can have in a software system is, in fact, the database, because you have only one database which takes care of writing all the data, and databases are not as easily scalable because they need to take care of the state of the data, and you cannot just add more instances where each instance writes some data because then you would have an inconsistent state. It's not possible to synchronize all the databases. And in the let's say in the old world, you would think of how to maybe split up your data or create instances of your database that only store data that is being read. So you can free up the instance of your database that is writing data. But in most of the cloud providers today, you can have a managed version of a database. So you just go into your cloud provider, click on create database. You maybe say how much capacity it has, how strong it is, but the cloud provider will take care of scaling the database under the hood and you don't really need to worry except for very specific application requirements that the database can handle your load. So this is the easiest way to start and you don't need to take care of that if you are already in the cloud with your database. Cool. This is super helpful. Thank you so much. Let's learn more about your own company. What what does Pioneer do? 
So Pioneer is something which is not related to, to DevOps, but we are also employing DevOps practices there. Pioneer is a web tool that helps product people that are faced with many feature ideas, pain points of customers or customer feedback to identify what from all of that is truly most important to customers so that as a product person, you can make your product better by focusing on those things. It allows product people to create stack rankings, which they can send to their users and users can rank what's most important to them and product people can see what across all users matters the most. It's concept in a way that creates clear rankings and really helps to separate not so relevant things from the things that matter most. Cool. That's very interesting. Uh, definitely going to give this a try. And where can we learn more about you personally? Personally, you can uh, look me up on uh, LinkedIn or write me there if you're interested to talk about some of the technical topics or about Pioneer. You will need to scroll a bit in the list because there are many people with my name, but you will recognize <laughs> me by my picture. We'll, we'll link you up. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was super helpful. Thank you for inviting me, Victor. It was cool to be here. This show is brought to you by TrustShoring your friendly concierge to find reliable and tested software developers from Eastern Europe. We recruit full-time developers, match you to an experienced software house that's ideal for your requirements, or recommend a reliable freelancer for smaller projects. But most importantly, you benefit from our experience of developing software remotely for almost 10 years. We give you one-on-one -on -one guidance all the way so you're never lost. Stop the tedious hiring or vetting process and get matched to reliable talent. Sign up for a free consulting call with one of our experts today. Go to TrustShoring.com.